in my opinion, it's our, our number one focus is people, right? Uh, and it doesn't matter what industry you're involved in. Uh, again, we're in construction, but every single business is people-based. If, if you're going to run a company and scale it, you have to delegate, you have to manage, you can't do everything yourself. And I think the, everything started with this idea that uh, we're going, our goal is to hire really good people, take care of people, and be a people-first organization. And that's what we learned working together, right? The years that we had the best years together, we had the best people. We took care of those people. They took care of us. And this idea that people do things because they want to, not because they have to. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Thank you for listening to the show and please recommend this to anybody in their 20s you think that is lost in their career and needs some help finding the career. We are here for everybody. And today we've got a great show for people that are interested in entrepreneurship. We've got Kyle Lindsay on the show today. He's going to talk about remaining unsatisfied and never being comfortable. He's going to talk about starting his business and how people are the number one focus when starting a company. And he's going to talk about his constant push to never be comfortable and to always be number one. Welcome to the show and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Kyle Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you for stepping out of the snow and ice of Chicago to make time to talk to me here in sunny Southern California. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. We've kind of done a circle all around you, all the people you know and you work with. We finally got the man, the key brain power to, to the Platinum Corporation, the driver of it all, the rainmaker. And we're going to get into how you started your company, Platinum Decking, Platinum Patios and Pavers. Uh, we're going to get into just kind of what you did and what you see in 20-somethings and, and what you see when you're hiring people and some recommendations you have. But before we do, we got to start the way we always start. Kyle Lindsay, what is your definition of excellence? Excellence. So, so I, I went back and forth on this one because... Again, the generic answer is a little different than mine. And in my opinion, you know, you can be excellent in about anything that you do. I think there are so many different people that are excellent at their trades, at their their passions, at their hobbies. So in my opinion, it's it's laying out what is it that you want to do? What do you love doing? And executing at a top level within that. So I think you can be excellent at, you know, whether it's tennis, whether it's basketball, whether it's teaching academics, whether it's construction, whether it's IT, there's excellence in every industry. And I think it's the ability to, to sit down there and go, what are my goals? What industry do I want to be involved in? And, and rising to the absolute top of that industry. So I think it's much more dependent upon the person versus what they're doing, because I think you can be excellent in anything you do. All right. So first you figure out what you want to do. 
And then you figure out where what you want to be excellent in and you set goals, you make a plan and you drive the plan. 100%. And so you mentioned industries. Um, and I know you're, I don't know if you'd consider yourself this, other people would consider you this, an excellent fisherman. Uh, you've got a new boy, he's three months old. You're probably working on being an excellent parent. You probably been married a while, um, had a, had the girlfriend that you're married to for a long time before she was your fiance, before she was your wife. You probably work, study, go to counseling, whatever, on being an excellent husband. How important is to your definition to multitask and be excellent in a few things? Do you do you look at the overall excellence of of someone in their entirety, or do you focus on just the industry or what they want to do? So for me, I, I break it down a little bit because I think there are areas of my life that I am excellent at. Uh, I think there's other areas that I need a lot of growth in. You know, so obviously in terms of you know b- being a great husband, you know, being a great father, all that fun stuff. Again, those are areas I got to grow a lot in, right? There's a lot of room for me to grow from people around me, from talking to folks like yourself and mentors of mine. And there's a lot of growth opportunities there. In terms of you know work, I think that uh, a lot of areas in work I've, I've excelled and done very well. Um, so I think it's more about, I think you can be excellent in some areas of your life and need a lot of improvement in other areas. And to me, that also kind of blows down to the definition of excellence, which is understanding what areas that you do need improvement in. Um, and not just because I'm great at work, I can make a bunch of money. That does not make me a good father, right? Or being a great father doesn't mean I'm going to make a lot of money at work. And so I think part of it is distinguishing between, hey, you know, work, it's going well, I'm great at that. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't have to try be, try harder to be a great father. You know, so I think a big part of it is identifying uh, what areas are, are going well, what areas aren't and being honest with yourself and, and uh when 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 you have a downfall or have something that's not going as well, um, identifying that um, and putting some more time and energy into that part of your life. So it's all about what you want to do, what you want to focus on. And you say Steve Jobs, excellent thought provoker, excellent business organizer, excellent at challenging and driving, but maybe not excellent in the personal side. But we're not going to take his excellence away just because he wasn't great at uh, you know, treating other people or whatever however we want to focus on. Okay, perfect. Well, you've had a lot of excellence in your life in a lot of different areas. Uh, And before we get into what, and we're going to get into what does it take to start a business? What were the steps to start a business? I want to spend a lot of time with you on, you know, what you see from 20 somethings that you like and you don't like, where the problems are in the job search, what your recommendations are. But before we get there, let's just spend a little bit of time. Uh, Before you went to University of Illinois, where were you at in high school? Uh, High school, Muhammad, Illinois. So we had a a whopping population, 1,200 people. When we got our first stoplight, it was actually a big deal. And we got a stoplight. Was, we got a mobile gas station, and we thought we were something else. Um, so real small town, Central Illinois, right outside of Champaign, uh, which I went to University of Illinois in Champaign. So. And when you were in high school, were you trying to get ahead, trying to kick butt, working on excellence in different areas? I know uh, University of Illinois is a difficult school to get into. Were you... Were you strategically focused on doing things to get into these schools? What was life like in high school? So high school, I was always, actually, I wrote this down. I was a little confused on what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a doctor. Then I wanted to be an attorney. Then I wanted to be a politician. Those oh, kind of my, oh, my God. And, and, and Too bad now I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now I can't imagine really, oh, I would have failed out of med school and I don't, uh, attorneys are not really my thing and politicians isn't either. But um, <laughs> but what, what I did know is that I, I always had that drive to 
second place was always the biggest loser to me. Um, and that was something that was always instilled in my brain that if I was doing something, uh, wrestling was my primary sport. Um, I loved it a lot because it was very independent. As much as you were a team, um, I couldn't, if I went out there and lost, I couldn't blame anyone else. It was me. Uh, when I won, I also got to take the credit. And so I was always, I had this mindset of, I'm just not okay with second place. I would never accept it. You know, there are times I would get second place and I get these congratulations and I like, I didn't, I don't, I don't want those. I never appreciated those because I, that wasn't my goal. So as much as I didn't have the direction, I didn't know where I, I wanted to go exactly. I knew that my mentality was whatever, whatever I ended up picking or whatever opportunities were present, presented to me, this idea that becoming second was just never an acceptable option. Um, and I think that's where obviously I ended up going to university of Illinois as a political science major, a beautiful degree, really, really valuable. I use it every day, but my whole idea was that whatever, uh, if, if I have the approach of, of, of being the best I can be at whatever I'm doing, not accepting second place. Um, I was a firm believer that opportunities would come up, uh, or the right people notice me. So your first place, uh, you focus on first place in sports. You focus on first place in your class standing. You focus on first place on the calculus test. You focus on first place in your volunteer work. So you were just driven, I guess that would be, to be excellent in these different areas and beat everybody out. Rather have third than second because you're so close to to number one. Is that right? Yeah. And, and again, it's also the, if it's not first, there's a, there, there'd be a, a, a heat, an internal heat where I was never satisfied, right? I would go home with that second place medal or third place medal, and I would go home hungrier than I was when I left, you know? And I think that that, that was a big part of it, of not just am I bummed, but that second place would motivate me that much harder or uh, to, to push towards the next competition, tournament, whatever. So I think it's the motive. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so you so you slide with that mentality into college in Champaign, and what were you what were you doing in Champaign to get ahead? What happened when you went to school in Champaign? You know what uh, what changed in your focus from doctor, lawyer, politician while you were there? So I started working for um, a, a guy that uh, owned a business in Champaign, and uh, he was a super successful guy. And I just started working at his business as a entry level employee, and slowly you know, kind of worked my way up the ladder. And it got to a point where he walked in his warehouse and said, hey, who's your best employee? The manager pointed to me. Um, so I started working at his house, doing stuff for him, helping him around the house, kind of building that trust uh, with him. And he kept giving me more and more challenging projects. Hey, go figure this out. Um, hey, go install the security system. Hey, go build this driveway. Just And my responses were always, hey, I don't know how to do that. His response is perfect. Figure it out. You know, learn. You're a smart guy. Figure stuff out. And I took my competitive nature that every single thing he asked me to do, I wanted to, I didn't want to disappoint him, right? I, want, I wanted it to look absolutely incredible. I wanted to, I took a lot of pride in it. Um, and so my whole attitude was, again, back to my mention before, everything I'm doing, I want to be as good as, as I can be. Uh, but I'm going to class one day. Someone walks into class, hey, internship, and sat down with, uh, Traven was his name. And it ended up uh, hearing about the college works opportunity. And what's funny for me, and this is probably one of my, my, my biggest things, as I learned about the opportunity, it was, hey, here's a chance. It reminded me a lot of wrestling that, hey, if you do really well, this could be really good for you. 
Um, if you don't do as well, then you still learn a lot, but it won't be as good for you. Just as what you put into it is what you get out of it. And that that struck a chord with him. Like, wait a minute. So I remember looking at the, the college works, all the bonuses. This is back when 150K was actually cool. And I'm looking at all the bonuses. I'm like, well, how about this top bonus? How many guys do that? And he's like, not many. I'm like, but it can be done. He's like, absolutely. And I'm like, well, then I should probably do that then. And he kind of chuckled and he's like, well, that's like the top 1% of all of our people. I'm like, perfect. That's that's what we're here for. And through the went through the interview process, ended up meeting Tom Ackman through it and uh, ended up accepting the internship of CollegeWorks. And the coolest part about it um, was I was looking at, again, my career path. I remember sitting in the library um, at U of I looking around and in my mind, I am above everyone around me. I, I'm a confident guy. I think I'm awesome, all that fun stuff. But I'm like, wait a minute. I'm looking around and there's hundreds of people around me doing the exact same thing I am, right? Sitting in the same library, same classes, same books. I'm like, so how the heck am I going to be any different than these guys? Like, what? Why do I think I'm so special if I'm doing literally what everyone around me is doing? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not that special. Then I remember I pulled up the college works brochure, started looking at it. You know, I'm like, well, this is something that not everyone else around me is doing. So maybe this is an opportunity to actually be different than everyone else, right? That I, in my mind, I'm different than everyone else, but in reality, I'm the same. And that's when, uh, obviously, I, I took on the internship and the rest is kind of history in terms of my college works experience. Ended up working with you guys for, what, 13 years, 14 years. Um, I still have all my trophies. I bummed them in a different office. Otherwise, I'd have them all behind me. I still have them all up. And that was probably the biggest tipping point. I was in that library going, why do I think I'm so gosh darn special that I'm going to be better than everyone around me? But yeah, I'm doing exactly what they're doing. And that's when I decided to take on the internship. Um, I still remember that moment. And I was in the Granger Library when it happened. So you want to be the best at what you choose to be the best at. You want to be number one. Your definition of excellence is execute the top level, hit these goals you want to hit. So you wanted to be number one at College Works. Most of the people that listen to this podcast don't live in the Midwest and don't have an opportunity to College Works. So we can take out the, the company College Works and insert something else that's super duper hard, that is demanding, that has these you know crazy life lessons that you get by doing crazy things that you wouldn't normally do. And there's other internships out there in other places. But but the point is you had a good job or maybe a great job. You were thought of as the number one person in that business. You probably had lots of other opportunities. Why did you leave that for this internship opportunity that in your case was college works and other people's cases, something else. And I'm not talking about the the internship at the law firm where you're highlighting the phone bill. And I'm not talking about the political internship where you, you, all you do is make calls out of the phone bank. I'm talking vector marketing, Southwestern books, going to Alaska and working in the fishing industry, something crazy like that. That's going to shine on your resume. How did you know to jump out of this great, great job where you're, you know, going to the next level, going to the next level, going to the next level. How, how would one of my listeners know that it's time to leave something that sounds awesome to them? So my old job, it, it was great. I was very comfortable, right? I knew all the guys. I was the top dog. I was good friends with the owner, right? It's what you would think of as like, where you want to be. But the reality was when, when I sat down with actually the owner and I asked him, I'm like, hey, I'm going to take on this college works opportunity. What do you think about it? 
And he actually offered me a raise to stay with him, uh, a really big raise. And I ended up refusing it. And he looked at me and, and smirked. He's like, you passed my test. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, here's the deal. You've become comfortable here. This job has become easy for you, right? And that's great when you're 55 years old. Right? That's great when you're 60 years old, you know? Um, but he's like, you're not in a period in your life where you should be comfortable. You should, like, again, go back to wrestling, right? My senior, you know, all the years in high school, none of them were comfortable. They were hard. I was pushing myself every single day. I was pushing myself out of my comfort zone because I was trying. I was trying so hard to win. And he's like, "The bottom line is, if you want to keep growing as a person, right? If you're going to the gym and your workouts are easy, you're not growing. You're maintaining, which is which might be okay. I guess if that's your goal. But if your goal is to keep growing, you got to do something harder. You got to do something different. And so for me, again, I had the revelation that a, if I want to be different than my peers, I have to actually do something different." I can't just mentally tell myself I'm different. I have to show action behind it. And then the second part was, again, if I'm going to continue learning and growing, I can't be comfortable. I need to step outside my comfort zone and actually do something that's hard for me again. And now, again, it's easy to say that, right? And I'm sure you could read a thousand business books that tell you the same thing. But to me, what's uh, different or the advice I would give is, again, stepping out of an easy, comfortable situation to go do something really, really hard. It's really challenging to do that. It really requires a lot of internal, like, like I'm actually going to make this jump. And it was probably the hardest decision I made. Uh, but when I look back, uh, it was absolutely the best decision I ever made. And my mentor, John, that owned that business, that was his test to make sure I was willing where he said, Hey, I gave you a raise a big raise, and you still want to leave, that means you're actually leaving for the right reasons. You're not taking the comfortable, easy money. You actually want to better yourself. You are ready to go do this. And, and the rest was history. So, so th- for me, it's, it's actually stepping outside your comfort zone, doing something that challenges you. Uh, and that's ultimately how you grow. The same way that if you go to the gym every single day and your workouts aren't challenging, you're not getting any stronger. So, so you're, and are you still friends with John? I am. Yep. So you're working with John. For some reason, you found this guy that's a great guy. That's more. And I wish I could say the same thing about me because I remember <laughs> when you <laughs> when, when you wanted to leave working with me. I think I pushed back on that. We're probably pretty damn hard. <laughs> and by the way, when we're done with this recording, I want to talk to you about that again. Uh, <laughs> so, so you found this wonderful person, I guess, a wonderful person that was really into what you needed. He's losing a really great person, but he knows that, you know, in the long run, he's doing better for probably for himself and probably for those around him by supporting you in your, in your change. You came work with me for a while and you did the manager thing. And I, you did over 150 grand, I believe, right? 170. Yep. Now when you factor inflation in, that, that, that's a big deal, right? So uh, to be fair for the listeners, all the numbers are not inflation calculated, but yes. Go okay. Ahead. So it would be like 270 today. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. At least, at least. And was that more, was that more than your partner Tom did? Um, by about two and a half. Yeah, two and a half times. Did you give him a second place trophy? <laughs> nope, I will. <laughs> I will. You, need, you need to put that on your list. Tom needs a couple <laughs> second place trophies. So you were um, unbelievable at the at the management because you set a weird goal. 
um, that nobody ever hits. We probably discourage that goal because we want people to feel good at 75 grand and not feel like they failed if they're focused on only doing over 150. But you did it anyway. You were a great district manager, general manager, co-VP, eventually ended up being the president of a division. And then you left and went and started your own thing. So you had become excellent here at your job and you wanted to challenge yourself and go try from the ground up uh, the startup world, financing it yourself, you know, starting with no one, moving up to a bunch of employees, starting with no brand, moving up to a great brand. So walk us through real quick for, for the listener that's got, I mean, you don't go start a business if you don't have experience. You don't just go start one. Um, you need experience to figure out what industry you want to start in. But walk us through maybe the the instructions or, you know, what you didn't know when you started that our listeners might want to know in their 20s that might be stepping out of a job at Goldman Sachs or a job in a hospital or who knows what to go start their own business. Well, so what's interesting and in, in the the experience I had working with you. In, in hindsight, again, what was so much more valuable than I ever thought, right? In terms of, you know, we work with suppliers, we work with different companies, we work with subcontract, we work with all kinds of people. And we, uh, myself, Tom, Scott, we excel uh, among our peers uh, just at a rapid pace. And in my opinion, it's our, our number one focus is people, right? Uh, and it doesn't matter what industry you're involved in. Uh, again, we're in construction. But every single business is people-based. If, if you're going to run a company and scale it, you have to delegate, you have to manage, you can't do everything yourself. And I think the, everything started with this idea that uh, we're going. our goal is to hire really good people, take care of people, and be a people-first organization. And that's what we learned working together, right? The years that we had the best years together, we had the best people. We took care of those people. They took care of us. And this idea that... People do things because they want to, not because they have to. And to me, everything starts there. If I tell someone to do something and they don't want to do it, the minute I leave, they're not going to do it, right? If I help someone understand why this is beneficial for them to do it, and they actually sincerely want to do it, well, then when I leave, they're going to do it because, again, they want to do it. So I think that the, the number one thing that, that I learned at, you know, uh, through my experience at CollegeWorks and that we took into this uh, our businesses was... We're nothing without the guys we have on the field. So step one is we need to go find some really, really talented people. Uh, we need to share our vision with them, what we want to accomplish with them, and give a roadmap for them to grow with the business. And for us, that was phase one. And to me, a lot of our success has come from the original guys we hired. They're still here. They haven't gone anywhere. And why? It's because... We've laid a, a vision out for their, their growth within the organization. Uh, we've given them the opportunity to grow with the business financially, their roles, et cetera. And at the end of the day, they go to work every day uh, because they actually want to be there, not because someone's forcing them to be there. And I would say that's probably the number one contributor to the, uh, the, the launch of our business is going well. And I think to your other point, when looking at, obviously, when I left co uh, College Works, I looked at a bunch of opportunities. Some were corporate, some were not, you know, and at the end of the day, my biggest motivation was I can go work really, 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 really hard for someone else, but I kind of want to work really, 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 really hard for myself, you know, and now there's less stability, 
right? There's more financing. There's more risk. There's a lot more uncomfortableness, right? But as I mentioned earlier, would scare a lot of people away, which is that uncomfortable feeling of, wow, I might not have a job tomorrow or wow, I might not be able to pay my bills tomorrow. That actually excited me because it made me feel uncomfortable. And once again, that's for me, at least that's when I learn the most is when I'm doing something that I don't feel fully comfortable doing. And what do you know, a couple of years later, what was very uncomfortable three years ago is just a normal day now. <laughs> you know, like, like, like so many things that we do, we're scared at first. We push ourselves outside our comfort zone. We challenge ourselves. And what, what used to be scary is now a walk in the park. And that's because we grew. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. So you're, you say your first step is to... Um attract the right people and hire great people. Your second step is to share a vision, but really you talked about the, how they fit into the vision. Um, you didn't mention, you kind of brushed over cash. You didn't mention picking the industry. And, and I know you had a creative way of financing the cash, but that must have been before you came up with the, the idea. And I don't even know if we could talk about it here before you came up with how you're going to finance the business through extra deposits, we'll say. Um, <laughs> you didn't mention any of that because before there were the people, there was what idea before there was sharing the vision of the company and the vision of their position in the company. There was the idea of what industry we're going to be in. Then there's the incorporation and the legal paperwork and all that stuff. You didn't mention that. Most people don't mention that. Is that just because that was the easy part or how, how did you, how did you figure out those little pieces so a little bit of dividing conquering where it was nice is uh my business partner tom uh, he, he loves a lot of that stuff but the stuff i took on was a lot more of the seo stuff um building the website the brand the lead generation and again all that stuff was challenging but what's funny is I, I do brush over it not because it wasn't incredibly important i guess it just wasn't as memorable but to your point very very important i looked at it no different than again going back to wrestling uh, the morning practices, uh, they were never fun. You just, you, you, you grind your way through them, you know? And so for us, we, we made a list of, hey, what are all the things that we have to do to start this business? From the financing, from the legal, from the SEO, the lead gen. We made a list and we each took, you know, four or five items and we went, we are, you know, I have my five items. I am going to figure these five items out. I'm going to reach out to people I know. I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to study it. 
I'm going to put it on myself going, my livelihood's dependent upon this. And I am going to teach myself and slash use my resources around me to figure this out. And the idea that that I was going to fall short wasn't an option. There was no one there to do it for me if I didn't figure it out. So I think it's this attitude of, I don't want to say when your back's against the wall, you, you find a way to make it work, but kind of, right? Because there, there, the other option's failing, which that, that doesn't sound like very much fun, you know? So it was this idea that if there's something we don't know how to do, we're smart individuals, we're going to figure out how to do it. We're going to teach ourselves how to do it. And we're not going to stop until we figure it out. And we made some mistakes along the way, you know, but you pivot, you learn. And obviously, well, what's nice about having a business partner is, again, when, when when you have the successes, you share those successes. And when you have a failure, you mess up, you share that, and then you move on from it. But I think it's this idea that there are so many things that we didn't know how to do. Um, we we use all, all of our experience, all the stuff that you taught us, right, and put it into practice. So and it was kind of a trick question because the the figuring out the industry is hard, right? But you guys sat around and you knew that you had experience with SEO. So you could have gone and experience with marketing. So you could have gone into product sales online and, um, you know, SEO and SEM to sell makeup or to sell, in your case, maybe fishing rods and fishing gears because you have a passion around that and you have a skill set. But I'm assuming you and Tom kind of looked at what your skill sets were, you know, people skill set, leadership skill set training skill set had some skills in the construction industry but in a very small sliver of the construction industry kind of if you're starting a business you're listening right now in the car at 1.5 speed wondering how you do it first thing is you you have to have the desire and you have to understand the risk second thing is you kind of um, figure out what you're good at and what industries match up i would say then look at what the exit from that industry would be and what the multiples of that industry would be as a step that most people don't take but you guys probably went back and forth and you know, what company are we going to go into? You're brushing over it now, but there's a process of going through and figuring out where are you going to get the easiest home runs? And you can look at what you've done in the past, how it relates to this industry. Then there's what everybody else thinks is the hard part of starting a business. Getting an EDIN number, setting up a bank account, doing the incorporation paperwork. That's nothing. No, that's, get, that's the easy get, part. You can get yeah. all that done in a week. You could probably go to legalese or legal zoom or whatever it's called and get it done. Um, so you skip through, you found an industry, probably talked a long time about it, tried a few things, checked a few things out, thought about different ideas, did some pro cons, did some projections, eventually narrowed down on the industry. You had a non-competition clause. So you had to kind of look at the different industry and make sure it, it satisfied that, but you find an industry. Then you very quickly jump and fill out the paperwork and get all these, you know, all the business structure done so you can be a legal entity and, and you know, have a, a, a liability protection. And then you jump into kind of what comes next. The first two steps you don't talk about much because probably it was a fun time finding the industry, probably not even something memorable starting the business. But for you and for Tom, the real launch was when you got people in there and they were the right people. And I know the people you got in there, they are the right people, great people. And um, you started to be able, you started to have, you know, people dependent on your business for pay and, and your business dependent on them for how you said, I'm um, sharing the vision of the company 
and the vision vision of where they're going in the company. And then as they started, you you didn't know what the sales process was. You didn't know what the closing rates were. You didn't know what the size of the jobs would be. You didn't know what the profitability would be. Are you figuring that out as you go? And the people that you hired are just trusting that you guys figure it out and you're going to still be viable. How do you go from, you know, the first person to a lot of people that stick around for however many years it's been? Yeah. Well, and even just go one step further back and it's, it's cool. You asking these questions because I kind of, I'm reminiscing a little bit in my head uh, through the process. A big part of choosing the industry, A, again, relationships mean a lot to us. And obviously, our relationship, we go back a long way. And again, w- w- one of our goals was, hey, how do we pick a, in a business that is not in conflict with, with our old business, and but yet still pick something that we think we'd be good at? You know, and and a, a big part of our process was, A, we thought, uh, again, a lot of what we do, we deal with products that are sustainable products, low maintenance, and so much of the home is going, or just so much of anything is going from high maintenance stuff to low maintenance stuff, just generally speaking. Or you wanted to be, you wanted to be cutting edge. You wanted to, you wanted to take a boring industry and be cutting edge in that boring industry. And make it cool. Yep. You know, for us, the outdoor living space, uh, we saw a way of, hey, how can we take the outdoor living space and, and make it cool, make it sexy, make it super neat. And then as we did our research, a lot of construction companies, the biggest challenge they have, everyone we talked to, we interviewed a bunch of, not interview, we uh, mailed a bunch of companies and asked questions and met with suppliers. And the one threat everyone told us uh, with our industry is people. You're not going to be able to hire people. You're not going to be able to retain people. It's a very challenging industry to keep people. And what's funny is we heard that and we're like, ding, ding, ding. This is our industry, right? It's we believe our strength is in people. Understanding, having empathy, coaching, mentoring, motivating, et cetera. And from what we heard, everyone told us the industry is just, you're never going to find anyone to do the work. And we went, this is obviously an opportunity. So that's that's a key step. So if you're listening right now, the ideas are a dime a dozen. I mean, like people come to me and they go, I got a great business idea. I don't want to tell you about it because it's real secret. No, it's secret. not. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's it's another business idea. I get 50 of them a year and they're pretty well developed. Uh, but there's a difference between a random idea and an idea that has where you find the hole, where you find the need. That's the second step. And then the third one, the really important one is you're the person to fill that hole. So. If you're in, if you're in products and you want to start your own product site, that's not working. Business to consumer product sales isn't working. It costs too much to acquire a customer. That's why we're going back to brick and mortar. The retail industry is changing back to brick and mortar because it costs too much to acquire a customer online. It costs eighty bucks to hire acquire a customer, and you're selling them a sixty dollars sweatshirt. The math doesn't work out. But if you wanted to go into that industry and you could find the customers and fill that hole, boom, you've got success. Big opportunity. Yep. You found an industry that the hole directly contradicted your strength. So you knew that you could go in and fill that hole. And then you've got something to sell the the employees on, um, the people that you're bringing in on where the vision is and why you're the right group to 
fill the fill the need and and accomplish that vision and where they fit in that business. That's interesting. And our goal is never to be again to your point. You know, you know all these new ideas. Um, our goal wasn't to be a competitor or go, hey, we're gonna we're gonna outperform our competition. We are going to fill a void within the industry. You know, and a little different approach. And we you know, we ended up beating all of, all of our competition because of it. It was more about, hey, the industry is lacking this. We have that key. Let's try and connect the two. And then, of course, COVID hit and our sales pitch pivoted to, hey, right, you're not going to France anymore. Let's make your backyard <laughs> France. You know, um, so the stars kind of aligned a little bit there with timing, but I'm not complaining on that end. So, And if you think about it, you're, you're, you're in the yard industry. Oh, by the way, how do people find platinum decking, platinum patios and platinum pavers? How do we platinumdecking.com? Platinumdecking.com. So if you want to find Kyle, you can go to platinumdecking.com. Kyle Lindsay, check it out. Uh, see what jobs they have open. See where they're going. Uh, but you picked a weird industry. You're in Chicago. It's cold. It's snowy. No one goes in their backyard. So if you look at it, it's like that's a weird industry. But the the void was so great, and your strength, your your uh, suite of strengths was so great it just overcame i mean you could have gone into basement refurbishment you could have gone into a bunch of different things but you overcame and probably the product that you came up with these environmental friendly products like treks and um you know kind of changed the way people do their backyard the pavers interesting that the void was so big it caused you to kind of ignore some of the negatives of being in that industry well and, and honestly it just it blew out of we weren't able to move, so it, it was what it was. I, obviously, I'd much rather be in a, a state that you can do this stuff more year-round. But, um, but yeah, to your point, the void is so big, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. This is true. This is true. So it's funny how there's there's a, a a huge contrast where I'll go and I'll interview, you know, 20 guys. And the, the attitude, call it, out of the 20, there, there's 15 of them that... They're okay, but their attitude tends to be more, I don't want to say I'm, I'm entitled to this, but almost like the world owes them something. And maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I guess I, who am I to say? But it, it, it turns me off when I'm, when I'm interviewing someone and there's a sense of like, oh, hey, yeah, or I'm asking about their resume. Oh, this job didn't go well because, oh, my boss this or this job, well, my boss that. And my boss, this, my boss, I'm like, wait a minute, the common denominator here is, is, is you, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe it wasn't your boss that was the issue. Uh, maybe you were the issue. And, you know, the, some of these candidates are okay, whatever. And then, you know, I interview out, out of the 20, 15 of them are like that. The other five, they, they just have this sense of, you know, um, I made this mistake here. I, I learned, I learned, but at the end of the day, I made this mistake here. They they had a lot more ownership over their actions. And it was a lot less of like the world owes me something and more of I'm going to go get something out of the world. And it's, you know, I, I think back to when I was again hiring at College Works, you know, the same way that you sit down with a bunch of people and you, you get some folks that tend to have more of this, you know, idea that the world, the world owes me something. And versus the the folks that go, I want to make something of what I got. It's just a different attitude, you know? And frankly, again, for me, this might be controversial. Everyone agrees. When I went to college, I took a loan and I paid it off. I didn't feel like I wasn't happy about paying it. 
you know, but I went out there in college and I worked every single weekend when all my buddies didn't. I knocked on doors in the snow. I painted a house and I worked my tail off and I paid my loan off because that's what I did. You know, I wasn't jacked about it. Um, and I didn't, again, I was at the same school with a lot of other people. Um, and that was a lot more of, hey, I know I took this, but I'm not sure if I, I, I'm not happy about paying it back. It's just a different attitude of, again, the folks that, hey, um, I'm going to go make something of this. Um, and I'm going to take personal responsibility. And instead of blaming all my old bosses, you know, I'm going to take some ownership in it. And so for me, I absolutely love when I sit down with an individual and they don't have all these excuses about how things weren't perfect. Um, they go, hey, here's where I learned. Here's where I grew. And here's where I can bring to the table and grow with you. And it's just a different mindset. Um, so I think that the um, I think there tends from my experience, there tends to be more entitlement. Um, generally speaking, but uh, there's also the handful of individuals um, that don't bring that level of entitlement and it's a breath of fresh air and I love meeting with them. Yeah, the other one you get is, uh, yeah, why are you right for my job? And they tell you why your job's right for them. That's not what I asked you. (laughs) I don't want to know why my company's great for you and how you're going to learn to grow. I want to know what you're going to bring to the business, which which is an old question that people you know, have kind of ignored, uh, in the new, in the new job search. So the entitlement, uh, the world owes you and blame others versus I've made mistakes and I learned this from my mistakes. You want to hear people, you know, you want mistakes. Hey, yeah. Yeah. And here's a, there are folks that have been dealt bad hands. There, there is a reality to that, right? Yeah. And so there are people that have been dealt a bad hand and that's what we want. In fact, some of the people that have been dealt the worst hands are the ones we want to talk to the most. Yeah. They failed in a business. The business went under. They failed in a business because they sucked and learned a lesson. I mean, you and I failed in the business that we worked in together many times. And we were stronger on the... And we didn't talk about how this organization tanked us or that person screwed us. It's like, okay, what are we going to learn? How are we going to make sure it doesn't happen again? Yep. Little Badger Herald or Handshake Action, our, our, our favorites, or Ron, Ron at Whitewater, uh, our boy. Um, but no, so I, I heard a guy the other day, actually. Cool story. Uh, he's a Jamaican guy. Um, and he's actually from Jamaica. And he was telling me his life story. And bad hand after bad hand after bad hand. Broke, no money, broken up family situation, moved around. Just everything that could go wrong for this guy did, you know. And and he looked and he's telling me this whole story. And I'm like, dude, I can't wait to give you a shot at this because you know what? If you persevered through all this crap, right? Never gave up, constantly worked hard. He never blamed anyone for his bad. He even told me, he's like, I've been dealt a pretty crappy life, but you know what? I have two options. I can complain about it and no one's going to care or I can make something of it. And that's what I'm here for. And it's like, that's awesome. You know, and we hired the guy and he comes to work every single day with this attitude of like, I'm going to make something of my situation. And it's, it's incredible to work with the guy, you know? So I think it's just the idea that again, there are bad hands dealt out there. Absolutely. You know, and I, I should be blessed for all the good hands I've been dealt with. Um, but there's so many guys out there, guys and girls that have dealt and been you know, had challenging situations or dealt bad hands and they absolutely make something of it. And those are people I love working with. Absolutely love working with. So, so you got, we got people listening that are in their twenties. They've done well in high school, kicked ass. 
They've done well in college, kick butt. They may be launching a wonderful career. They may be thinking about starting a business. So first thing you tell them is get rid of the entitlement, get rid of the blame, talk about the lessons and how you've grown from them. What other tips do you have for people in their 20s that are looking to crush it? Uh, make, the right, make the right sacrifices. And what I mean by that is I remember, you know, in, in college, it's really easy to, to get caught up in the whole, the party scene and this and that. And, you know, and people- know, are, I'm, st- I'm still caught up in it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but what's funny is people ask me what sacrifices I made. And I didn't, I made all the sacrifices that you wouldn't expect. Um, I didn't make, I didn't sacrifice partying. I didn't sacrifice uh, having fun with my buddies. I didn't sacrifice working out. I didn't sacrifice um, all this stuff that a lot of people think you have to sacrifice to be successful. I sacrificed being lazy, right? I sacrificed accepting (laughs) being second place, right? I sacrificed procrastination, right? I sacrificed losing, right? And you can still have a really good time and, and, and do a lot of cool stuff. So to me, it's about making the right sacrifices, which again, doesn't mean you can't have a good time with your buddies on a Friday. It's, I have to work extra hard on Thursday, extra hard on Saturday, right? And I can still have a good time Friday. It's sacrificing the characteristics um, that are tied with, with mediocre results. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay being lazy. I'm not okay procrastinating. And those are the things I made sacrifices of. Wow, you got a third tip? Um, third tip. Uh, relationships are everything. Um, you do not know... Hey, this might be a whole pitch on, I might be asking you for a bunch of money here soon, right? Because we have a relationship. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, what point of life you're at, like relationships are truly, truly valuable. You mentioned someone a few minutes ago, right? That, um, that burned the relationship with one of your business partners. Like it's, it's when you, when you have a relationship with someone, you never know when you're going to need that person or when that person's going to need you. You know, and it doesn't matter. A lot of people have to burn relationships over a couple dollars, right? Or a petty argument or something silly. And in my opinion, it doesn't matter what my relationship is with someone. I want to lose the battle and win the war. The war being having a person I can call on, ask for advice, ask for help, partner with them, who knows what. And you never know when you're going to need that person. Um, so I think it's this idea that when you're when you're growing up and going through your professional career, there's always going to be times to burn bridges or build bridges. And even when you might think you're right, um, or your ego tells you that you're right. At the end of the day, you a relationship is worth so much more than short term cash. Um, and I think it's this idea that all the relationships throughout your professional career, professors, coworkers, bosses, managers, whatever, uh, you never know when that person. Um, might be helpful for you at some point. So valuing every single relationship that you had. And I feel like a lot of people burn relationships over really dumb reasons. Yeah, that's that's a great, uh, that's something great to think about. Kyle's, how long have you been married? Six years. You should know the answer to that question pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, I should. But married for six years, you see people burn their marriage over things. And sometimes it's big things, but you know, why burn the relationship? You see people that get divorced, hate each other. You see business partners separate. They used to be brothers or brothers and sisters and they hate each other. You don't need to do that. You can back to back to your original attract the right people and show them the vision. You can see a vision of getting along after you separate relationship or everything. Okay. So um, get rid of entitlement, get rid of blaming others. Talk about the lessons you've learned. 
make the right sacrifices like being lazy, uh, accepting second place, the sacrifice of losing, <laughs> uh, and then remembering that relationships are everything. And so you built this over time. You ended up doing really well in, in the company that I worked at with you. You went off on your own, kind of grew faster than you know most businesses do, achieved some success that usually takes 20, 30 years in just a few years. Uh, my last question is where you're at now surprising to the old Kyle, to the high school Kyle, the college Kyle, or is this more what you expected? What um, It's funny because I, I'm so, as much as, again, I mean, sure, we're, we're doing well and we're having a good time. I, I'm beyond unsatisfied with where we're at, right? It's this whole idea that I had this intrinsic fire, if you will, that, and again, it's what we dealt with for, for years working together. It doesn't matter what we did. My always, my joke was, uh, take what you did, add two to it. And that's what you should have done, <laughs> right? Um, and with, with the goal that you could have always done better, right? And so I'm not surprised, but I'm also, I'm not satisfied whatsoever. I'm excited for the next venture. I'm excited for the next relationship. I'm excited to, to, to outdo what we did this year. You know, so I don't think the 20 year old Kyle would be surprised with where we're at right now because it's the same mentality that there's that, you know, again, take whatever you did to it, add two to it. That's what you should have done. So let's saddle back up and, and, and hit it again. So uh, I'm more excited about what next year looks like and what five years looks like. And just this idea that there's always room to grow. Um, and I'm excited to do that. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for making time from shoveling your driveway to uh, <laughs> to come on our show today and share all your insight. I really appreciate you making it on the Edge of Excellence today. Absolutely. Pleasure being here. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.